0: Welcome to You Can't Be Neutral, a political podcast inspired by Howard Zinn and progressive and radical activism, taking a look at society, media, and politics. You can find all the back episodes of You Can't Be Neutral at youcantbeneutral.com. Find a link there to send me a message and some links to make a donation. You can make a one time or recurring donation to keep this podcast free and independent. This year, just like last, there is an onslaught of legislation uh, that is targeting LGBTQIA communities in all kinds of different ways. There's a lot of legislation specifically that is anti-trans when it relates to participating in sports, when it relates to becoming your true self medically and when it relates to education and just being um recognized for who you are not specifically and directly but but having representation of who you are to develop that understanding that you're not alone that there are many people like you there are many people who support you who Are like you and who aren't like you. Um, There are many allies as well as many uh, people on a similar path to yours. But politicians, many, many politicians are assholes. They're hypocritical assholes. They claim they believe in freedom. And then they propose all kinds of laws to restrict the freedom for people that they don't like. People who won't necessarily vote for them because they're assholes. And in order to get those other people who will vote for them to vote for them also because they're assholes. First up, here's a piece written by Lazarus Nance Letcher. This is published at minnesotainminnesotareformer.com. I'm trans. This year I turned 30, and my teenage self would be beyond surprised—not just at the joys that fill my life, but the fact that I'm alive at all. I'm part of the last generation that didn't quite have the language for the feelings that flooded us as kids. I didn't understand why I couldn't take off my shirt as I stomped through puddles with my pals, why I was never invited to the sleepovers I actually wanted to go to, or why I seemed to be the only one that couldn't quite envision my future self as a devoted wife and mother. The church, the ridicule of my peers and their parents, and decades of seeing nothing but straight relationships or straight actors perform caricatures of queer romance in the media, didn't change who I was. My family has always had my back. But at that time, there was so little knowledge and access to the care I sorely needed that they couldn't help me in the way that they would if I were a child today. As puberty descended at age 11, I slipped into a deep depression. I was too young to know the word word, suicide when I decided it was my only option. Let me be clear. Being transgender and queer did not make me suicidal and depressed. Existing in a transphobic and homophobic world did. Kids that deviate from the strict gender and sex binary have existed across the globe for centuries. We weren't suddenly born from the sea foam in the wake of seeing our first trans TV character. We were just finally at a point where we have the language for who we are and the ability to create community. Anti-transgender legislation demanding that the word gay isn't even whispered in classrooms and punishing parents that dare to love their children wholly. None of these things are going to change who the kids are on the inside. The only thing these bigoted, quote, solutions do is make more kids depressed, tear families apart, and kill children. It shouldn't be radical to say I don't want kids to kill themselves, but apparently that's where we're at. Transgender youth are already hurting without being a right-wing punching bag and boogeyman. 2021 was the worst year on record in regards to anti-transgender legislation, with many of the laws aimed at our youth. Families in Texas are making contingency plans, gathering documents and cash, finding friends and families across borders, embracing themselves to either flee, fight, or be arrested. Anti-transgender legislation is creating a new wave of refugees. Once the, quote, transgender threat was introduced into the Texas House last year, the LGBTQ crisis line, the Trevor Project, received a 150% increase in calls from Texas youth compared with the year before, with many citing the anti-trans legislation as the cause of their distress. The law failed, but it could come around again as the same handful of hateful organizations keep pushing their agendas into state houses and tying their vicious discrimination to, quote, conservative identity during campaign seasons. In the meantime, Texas Governor Greg Abbott ordered the state to investigate families that provide their children gender-affirming care in late February, right before his primary, of course. In 2018, the University of Texas at Austin led one of the most ambitious studies on transgender youth aged 15 to 21 to gauge the state of their mental health. Earlier studies have already demonstrated that 82% of transgender folks experience suicidal ideation and 40% attempt it in their lifetime. The rates are higher for trans teens. Those of us living at the intersection of multiple oppressed identities especially black transgender youth, experience higher rates of suicidal ideation and attempts than our cisgender black peers, and with much fewer culturally competent resources available than our white trans siblings. The UT Austin study found a very clear way to bring these alarming statistics down. Trans youth that were able to simply go by their chosen or affirmed name and pronouns experienced 71% fewer symptoms of severe depression, a 34% decrease in suicidal ideation, and a 65% decrease in suicide attempts. Even these seemingly simple and benign solutions were enough to get a parent jailed in Texas. The thought of gender-affirming health care seems out of the question, too and Texas Children's Hospital quickly ceased providing this often life-saving care. From the hospital's statement, quote, After assessing the Attorney General's and Governor's actions, Texas Children's Hospital paused hormone-related prescription therapies for gender-affirming services. This step was taken to safeguard our health care professionals and impacted families from potential criminal legal ramifications. With that, Kids who finally found a way to feel a little bit more comfortable in their skin with medicine that's been used for decades on cis and trans kids alike were now being forced to detransition or to move somewhere that they can receive care. A study released earlier this year found that gender-affirming care for youth was linked to 60% lower odds of moderate or severe depression and 73% lower odds of suicidality. We don't have the data for what happens when this care is suddenly ripped away from you, but we will soon. A judge blocked Abbott's order on Friday, March 11, but that's not the end of it. The Texas Attorney General filed notice he would appeal the case an hour later, saying he's willing to take it to the Supreme Court. That these life-saving family choices are even up for some kind of public debate is so damaging to transgender people of any age. Idaho went and took things a step further with HB 675. The bill makes any medical treatment to help a child affirm their gender illegal, but it creates a stipulation that physicians can take surgical and medical measures to make the bodies of intersex children forcibly fit into the false notion of binary sex, an action that intersex activists have called unnecessary and traumatizing for decades, and that the United Nations has declared a human rights violation. The legislation would also threaten parents that cross state lines for gender-affirming care with felony charges. Idaho HB 675 thankfully hasn't passed out of Idaho legislature yet. These laws impact LGBTQ youth, not just in these states, but across the country. I remember following the slow march of marriage equality in high school. I had to ask the IT guy to unblock the advocate, personally furthering the queer agenda in my own school. I watched debates over marriage equality and the right to build families recognized by the law quickly devolve into claims that we were just a hair away from bestiality. The states that were among the first to pass these laws saw a 7% decrease in teen suicides across the board, but the impact specifically on LGBTQ plus teens was undeniable. States saw a 14% reduction in suicide attempts. States that did not legalize same-sex marriage experience no change. The Trevor Project launched a poll last year to investigate the impact of the deluge of anti-trans legislation was having on the youth. 85% of transgender and non-binary youth reported that the debates around these laws have negatively impacted their mental health. The supposed impetus for all of these laws is to protect the children. The people behind this brutal discriminatory rhetoric clearly ...haven't ever had to try and convince a trans teen to stick around... ...promising them that somewhere, someday, they can just exist in peace. I've often found that when I'm feeling hopeless, which I certainly am at the moment... ...finding a way to be helpful gives me a tiny sense of control. You don't have to live in a state to call their lawmakers... You can donate any amount of money to local grassroots organizations that are on the ground fighting for the kids in their backyard. You can shift from ally to accomplice and help these families that are fighting for their children's lives. As a great American philosopher, Mr. Rogers reminds us, when life is a dumpster fire and heartless zealots are attacking children, not a verbatim quote. Quote, look for the helpers. I cannot begin to describe how much working with queer and trans youth has restored my faith in humanity and how wildly different their childhoods are to mine. While I'm sometimes salty about their access to care and community that I couldn't even imagine in the early 2000s, these laws make it more than clear that transgender visibility hasn't and won't save us. But these kids are tough because being your authentic self isn't for the weak. I encourage everyone else feeling despair to look to the youth and the righteous hell they are raising. For example, HB 1557, or Florida's Don't Say Gay legislation, is an unintelligible word soup that would give parents sweeping rights to protest or sue the school over any inkling of LGBTQ content or discussions. While the law is aimed at students in kindergarten through third grade, It also has a wiggle room for the Florida Department of Education to decide what an appropriate, quote, exposure to LGBTQ content is for all students. Last week on social media, I began to see videos coming out of Florida high schools, throngs of bodies moving out of the halls of Florida high schools and into parking lots and football fields. Thousands of students across the state walked out to protest the bill, leading chants of, say, gay, and passing bullhorns to LGBTQ students to share their voices. If the thought of being out at that age is incredible to me, the thought of having hundreds of my peers having my back and cheering me on gets me teary. More students descended on the Capitol. LGBTQ students led a sit in on March 7, and in the halls of the Capitol they read out the names of LGBTQ people lost to suicide. These kids know how high the stakes are. One lawmaker said, quote, they shouldn't have to take time away from being kids to come up here and make sure we do our job right. And those students there and the students everywhere fighting against the anti-trans and anti-gay legislation that's proliferated in state legislatures lately are truly heroes my other podcast people are revolting i uh, covered some of those stories of those walkouts in florida next up here's a piece piece written by Aaron rook this is published at lgbtqnation.com right-wing politicians seem to be taking inspiration from march madness this week as conservative states continue their showdown to see who can advance the most extreme anti-transgender legislation. Texas and Florida topped headlines with their efforts to legislate transgender youth out of existence. The Texas governor, Greg Abbott, directed the State Department of Family and Protective Services to investigate gender-affirming care for minors as child abuse. A Texas judge stepped in to halt the prosecution of parents for tra- of transgender youth and neighboring states are preparing to take in gender refugees. In the midst of the legal uncertainty, Texas Children's Hospital has stopped providing gender-affirming care. Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to sign into law the so-called Don't Say Gay Bill, which prohibits uh, kindergarten through three teachers from talking about gender and sexuality in an LGBTQ way. Despite the bill's nickname, DeSantis seemed particularly focused on preventing school from being, quote, injected with transgenderism. Politicians and other public figures are speaking out, including performers and creators working for Disney, the company which has provided financial support to the sponsors of the anti-LGBTQ legislation has been reticent to speak out against it publicly. Here are a few of the States, in which other laws are working their way through the legislature. Idaho. The Idaho House passed a bill that would make gender-affirming care a felony punishable by up to life in prison, penalizing the parents and health care workers who provide it, as well as families who leave the state for care. The Idaho House also passed a bill that would make it a crime to allow minors to check out, quote, Objectional Materials at a Library. Iowa passed a ban on transgender girls playing K-12 and college women's sports, making it the 11th state with such a ban. Republican Governor Kim Reynolds called it a, quote, victory for girls' sports in Iowa. Middle school students in Cedar Rapids walked out in protest on Wednesday. Iowans in general appear pretty evenly split on the law. According to polling by Des Moines Register, Mediacom, Iowa Paul, 46% favored the law and 45% oppose it. Legislators in Alaska are also considering restricting the rights of transgender athletes. Senator Tom Begich, Begich, who opposes the bill, expressed concern about how student-athletes' genders would be evaluated under the proposed law. Quote, You'd have to examine them. You might be able to test for chromosomes. You might be able to do that. But listen to what I'm saying. These are all extraordinarily invasive things. Lawmakers in Kansas sent a bill banning transgender student-athletes to the state Senate for the second time. The first attempt died last year after legislators failed to override a veto by Governor Laura Kelly. The representative who introduced the bill denies it is a, quote, trans bill. Quote, this is not a trans bill. It is a protection for women and for girls. In all reality, they still, as do girls, have opportunities to participate in athletics, said Republican Senator Renee Erickson. This is not keeping them from participating in sports, but we do need to protect that fairness for girls because we absolutely know that there are psychological differences, that may give males an advantage in competitions involving strength and endurance. Similar bills are also moving forward in Oklahoma, Kentucky, and many other states. But there were some silver linings, too. In Utah, despite approval by the Utah House and Senate, a bill seeking to ban transgender athletes for youth was vetoed by Utah's Republican Governor Spencer Cox. You know, when the Republican governors are vetoing these bills. You know these bills are shit. Arizona, a handful of Republican lawmakers crossed party lines to help defeat three anti-transgender bills that would have blocked trans people from accessing bathrooms, locker rooms, gender-affirming health care, and non-binary gender identification. In Pennsylvania, Democratic Representative Dan Frankel is calling for legislation to protect LGBTQ youth from the kinds of attacks coming up in other states. Quote, soon I will introduce a bill that will ensure that parents and other guardians cannot be investigated or punished for obtaining evidence-based patient-appropriate care for their children, he said. Some of these views in this country towards transgender, transgender children are incredibly cynical and incredibly harmful to this very, very vulnerable population. And here's a piece from The Advocate. By Trudy Ring. After a year in which state lawmakers considered and passed a record number of anti transgender bills, the process is starting again. Legislators in at least seven states introduced a total of nine anti trans bills in the first few days of 2022, NBC News reports. The states are Arizona, Alabama, Indiana, Kentucky, Oklahoma, New Hampshire, and South Dakota. Most of the measures would restrict the rights of trans and non-binary young people, including their ability to compete in school sports under their gender identity, receive gender-affirming health care, or use the restroom of their choice. Quote, Unfortunately, I think we're getting ready to watch a race to the bottom among legislators who are in a competition to see who can do the most harm to trans kids. Jillian Bransetter a trans activist and media manager for the National Women's Law Center, told NBC News. It is a hostile and dangerous trend that I'm sure we'll, continue, we'll, we'll see continue through the year. In 2021, more than 280 anti-LGBTQ bills were introduced in 33 state legislatures across the nation, with more than 130 of them being specifically anti-trans according to the Human Rights Campaign. More than two dozen of the anti-LGBTQ plus bills passed and were signed into law, and about half of those focused on trans people. Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Mississippi, Montana, Tennessee, Texas, and West Virginia last year passed legislation barring trans student athletes from, from competing under their gender identity. As South Dakota Governor Christine Nome issued executive orders to this effect. Nome has now proposed legislation to write the language of her executive orders into law, and Representative Rhonda Milstead has formally introduced it. Idaho had enacted a similar law in 2020. It's now been at least temporarily blocked by a court, as has West Virginia's. Arkansas legislators overrode Governor Asa Hutchinson's veto to adopt a law barring trans minors from receiving gender-affirming health care. It has been blocked by a court as well. Tennessee enacted a less strict but still discriminatory law regulating this type of health care among five anti-LGBTQ measures it passed last year. Politicians proposing anti-trans legislation this year deny that they're anti-trans quote, it is unfortunate hold on it is unfortunate that we see this as removing the rights of any people, Milstead, a Republican, told NBC News. If competitive sports are made to be fair there is a place for everyone to compete according to the biology they were born with Backers of such legislation, almost all Republicans claim trans girls and women have an inherent and unfair advantage over cisgender females, something highly disputed by both activists and scientists. Okay, here's a question for the bigots out there who don't believe that someone who is born, defined as male, and transitions to female has any right to play sports on a female sports team, do you then believe and affirm and will support the right of a person who is born defined as female, but who transitions to become a male? Will that person be allowed to participate on the sports team and the sport of their choice that is designed for female athletes? I'll wait. Insert cricket sounds here. Next up, let's take a look at uh, where some of this legislation is. There's a couple of really good sites that are tracking this. One of those sites is called freedomforallamericans.org and they are tracking a variety of different bills. They're tracking legislation that is anti-transgender, anti-LGBTQ, Uh, school policy bills, pro-LGBTQ non-discrimination bills, youth healthcare bans, and youth sports bans as some of their categories that they're tracking. So on their site right now, um, when you look at all anti-trans bills, we're looking at Arizona, Kansas, Louisiana, Florida, Kentucky, New Hampshire, more Kentucky, Tennessee, Utah, Arkansas, Wait, is that Arkansas or Alaska? I need to go back to school for my abbreviations. Um, That's Alaska. Uh, Idaho, Mississippi, New Hampshire, Tennessee, 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 Alabama, Arizona, Missouri, and South Carolina. Another site that is tracking uh, these bills is the ACLU at ACLU.org. They are. they have a page uh, that is tracking legislation affecting lgbtq rights across the country and they've broken out the bills into different categories so bills restricting health care for transgender youth have been filed in alabama arizona florida georgia louisiana nope that's not louisiana but louisiana is down there further Iowa, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Missouri, Mississippi, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Wisconsin, West Virginia. Legislation filed for um, single-sex facility restrictions, Alabama, Minnesota, Mississippi, Oklahoma, and South Dakota. Bills that have been filed to exclude transgender youth from athletics. And these, some of these don't have a high likelihood of passing because of the states that they're filed in. But even in states such as mine of New Jersey, that is um, relatively centrist uh, and, and more liberal than many states um, where it is unlikely that the Democratic governor would sign these bills. These bills are still being introduced. Um, Bills excluding transgender youth from athletics, Alaska, Arizona, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Iowa, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Mississippi, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, Virginia, Wisconsin, West Virginia, and Wyoming. In places where other school or curriculum restrictions bills uh, have been filed, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, New Jersey, again, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia. Restrictions on accessing accurate IDs in Mississippi and Oklahoma, other anti-trans bills in Iowa, Indiana, and New Hampshire. There's also tracking of religious exemption bills, bills preempting local protections in a lot of states. So the ACLU has a very, very long list and it's categorized of the legislation that is out there this year, 2022, in state legislatures that are harmful to transgender, lesbian, gay, bisexual youth. Next up, here's a piece from Jake Johnson. This was mentioned in the earlier article. Uh, This is published at truthout.org. The largest nurses union in the US joined civil rights groups late Friday in celebrating a judge's decision to temporarily bar the state of Texas from investigating the parents of transgender children. An effort launched last month by Republican Governor Greg Abbott. In her ruling, District Judge Amy Clark Meacham argued that Abbott's directive ordering the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services to investigate parents who pursue gender affirming care for their trans children is, quote, beyond the scope of his duty and unconstitutional. Meacham said a statewide injunction against Abbott's order which was issued with the support of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, will remain in effect until, quote, this court and potentially the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court of Texas hear the case. The ACLU and Lambda Legal sued earlier this month to block the directive. Zenay Triunfo Cortez, registered nurse, the president of National Nurses United, NNU, said in a statement Friday night that Abbott's policy is, quote, an insidious scheme to rob trans youth, their families, and their care providers of the agency to do what is best for this exceptionally vulnerable group of patients. Under the blocked directive, nurses, doctors, teachers, and others who knew a child was receiving gender-affirming care but didn't report it to Texas authorities could have faced criminal penalties. Quote, While it would be easy to view these attacks simply as political gamesmanship, and they are that, They are also very real and grave threat to the health, existence, and futures of transgender people, said Triunfo Cortez. Criminalizing parents for supporting their children, whether they are trans or cis, gay or straight, is a heinous breach of any sense of ethics. This is especially true when we're talking about potentially life-saving medical care, which gender-affirming care is, according to research. Nurses know our first responsibility is to our patients, to care for them, and to advocate on their behalf based on available evidence, Triunfo-Cortez added. It's clear these politicians' responsibilities lie elsewhere, so we welcome today's decision. Despite another defeat in court, Paxton, who last month authored a non-binding legal opinion characterizing some gender-affirming care as, quote, child abuse, said he filed an appeal against Meacham's injunction late Friday. While Paxton called investigations into the families of trans kids, quote, legal and necessary, officials in at least two of Texas's largest counties have said they will refuse to comply with the directive, arguing that Abbott and Paxton, quote, are ignoring medical professionals and intentionally misrepresenting the law to the detriment of transgender children and their families. As the Texas Tribune reported, dozens of people testified at a hearing on Abbott's directive held by the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services, ahead of the state judge's ruling on Friday. Quote, Many read written testimonies from trans children and their families who were terrified to attend themselves, according to the newspaper. One mother who said her kid attempted suicide at age 12 after coming out as transgender warned during the testimony that, quote, Children will die because of Governor Abbott's order. Brian Closterborn, attorney with ACLU of Texas, said in a statement late Friday that Meacham's ruling quote brings some needed relief to trans youth in Texas, but we cannot stop fighting. Witnesses, including a parent targeted by these attacks, experts on medical care, and a supervisor within Texas Child Protective Services, Gave courageous and emotional testimony about the fear and harm caused by these unlawful actions. Klosterboer added, All trans young people deserve to live freely as their true selves. And finally, here's a piece by Don Ennis. This is published at thedailybeast.com Put a fork in me. I'm done. Let me be clear, I'm not giving up the fight for transgender civil rights for inclusion in sports and across society. I just can't go on like this. On Friday, a Texas judge decided to stop the Lone Star State from launching child abuse investigations of parents who sought gender-affirming care for their transgender children. The case will likely be appealed by Governor Greg Abbott, Attorney General Ken Paxton, and company. It's a victory, but not the end of the fight, and a small consolation given the wave of hate spreading nationwide. It should be comforting that President Biden warned Texas that the administration will challenge Governor Abbott's executive order labeling gender-affirming health care as child abuse. But let's face it, the harm's already been done. Families are choosing between fighting for their rights or fleeing the state. One family targeted by Paxton had invited him to their home for dinner six years ago to see for himself the joy their transgender son had found in living his truth. Now their son is 14. My already broken heart took another hit this week when Republicans in Florida succeeded in their efforts to send the Don't Say Gay bill to Governor Ron DeSantis. Florida, my former home, home to my best friend, my family's favorite vacation spot for generations, is now a place I will not step foot in. DeSantis signaled his intent to sign that bill into law when he announced, quote, we are not going to allow them to inject transgenderism into kindergarten. DeSantis, sycophant, and Fox News anchor Laura Ingraham took the cue from his homophobic press secretary to repeat that lie that opponents of the Don't Say Gay bill are, quote, groomers, looking to recruit children, a buzzword Republicans are seizing upon from the Anita Bryant playbook of the 1970s. Nobody seems to care that even the catchy nickname given the Parental Rights and Education Bill erases both bisexuals and trans people. The point of calling it Don't Say Gay, of course, is to generate buzz. But why has it taken so long for business leaders, national LGBTQ organizations, and teachers' union leaders to step up. Quote, discrimination is bad for business, says today's newspaper ad organized by the Human Rights Campaign, featuring the brands Johnson & Johnson, Macy's, Apple, Meta, Google, Levi Strauss Company, Gap, Inc., Ikea, and REI. Well, duh, what took them so long? Ina Freed, chief technology reporter at Axios, and a woman who just happens to be trans, reported corporations were more inclined to take action when just one or two states were pushing anti-gay or anti-trans legislation, like North Carolina's bathroom bill. Quote, now, however, battles are occurring in states all over the country, ranging from whether trans kids can play on school sports teams to access to health care to what can be taught about gender and sexuality in schools. Why did it take until Thursday for GLAAD to announce changes to its annual Studio Responsibility Index? It's promising to grade Hollywood studios like Disney on its political donations to anti-LGBTQ candidates and PACs. As the Daily Beast reported, the mouse provided big bucks to every single Florida lawmaker backing that bigoted bill. Why did it take threats of a boycott and shaming by no less than the Los Angeles Times for Disney to finally come out against the bill? Too little, too late, in my view. As a shareholder and former cast member at Disney calls its employees, I hope CEO Bob Chapek gets the axe, despite his eloquently stated contrition Friday. News about Florida's bill has consumed the attention of my friends in the LGBTQ community while most mainstream media has been focused on Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine. Even there, however, I've seen stories of trans and non-binary people who cannot flee their war-torn homes because their passports show a gender identity different from the authentic one they are living. You won't see it on the news, but there's a war going on here in the U.S. too, and not just in Florida and Texas. There are 10 other states with laws restricting transgender rights, including Arkansas, with new anti-trans bills in the works in Kentucky, Alabama, Missouri, and Idaho. Idaho is by far the most hateful of these states of hate, proposing a life sentence for parents who dare to provide gender-affirming care. I call Connecticut home, but even here, opponents of inclusion are appealing a federal judge's decision to toss out a lawsuit claiming allowing trans girls to compete is unfair to cisgender girls. The plaintiffs have the support of the same conservative Christian law group that co-authored so many of those anti-trans bills, the Alliance Defending Freedom. That's right, the ADF, the same group labeled by the Southern Poverty Law Center as an extremist hate group. One barely watched cable news outfit, News Nation, found time for eight minutes of turf talking points. Branding it as an exclusive investigation, their reporter asked an anonymous college swimmer what she thinks of her trans teammate, Leah Thomas's quote, male genitalia. For months, my social media feed has been filled with transphobia about Thomas, about fairness, about biology versus ideology. Blocking isn't a bad thing, it's a tool of self-protection in my case. When you're looking at cat videos, I'm blocking haters. Day after day I block trolls, transphobes, and turfs who hunt for and hound people like myself. Trans women who are bold enough to identify ourselves on social media by our actual name and photograph. They challenge us to debate our existence, speculate about our anatomy, Deny our authentic gender identity and call us men, quote, biological males, and worse. In my case, they dredge up my pre-transition pictures, nine-year-old articles about my well-publicized stumbles following my coming out, mock the death of my wife from cancer, and the end of my network news career. All in an effort to discredit not only me, but anyone like me. But I don't have it so bad, really, not compared to the lives of other trans-Americans, given that the majority of the 57 or more trans victims of murder in 2021 were black or Latinx trans women. It's nearly mid-March, and this year's toll is at least six murders. I worry for my best friend, who is Latinx, and for another friend, who is black, and I am intensely worried for my trans daughter who is taking her first steps towards transition. Feeling overwhelmed this week, I deactivated Facebook and Twitter just to catch my breath. I am concentrating on the last tweet I saw before suspending my account from the ACLU's Chase Strangio. We cannot give up, he pleaded, recommending. We fight better. We will. I will. But not today. For I am exhausted. I can only hope that one of my many cisgender allies sees this and decides to stand in for me just until I get back into the fight. All we're fighting for is something called the 14th amendment to the constitution, equal protection under the law. And we will never surrender. And that'll wrap up this episode of You Can't Be Neutral. You can follow on Twitter at YCBNeutral. You can check out all the back episodes at YouCan'tBeNeutral.com. And you can listen to this and all my podcasts playing 24-7 at MovingTrainRadio.com. And now for your moment of zen. This moment of zen is a song. It's by a group called Two of a Kind. The song is called Be Who You Are. You can find this on a compilation album called Trans and Non Binary Kids Mix by Ants on a Log and Friends. Thanks for listening.
1: I love to dance, I love to sing. Watching sports is not my thing. Sometimes I'm shy, people. I'm uptight